0: that gesture you did today, Chris?
1: Adam Cole, baby.
0: Baby. How did it go yesterday? What was your uh, match at 12? 11? 11-30. 11-30? It went won 1-0. Oh, okay. Easy. Light work. Light work. Who scored? Early Holland. Oh. What minute? 71st. Ooh, what, is this a test? Yeah, but you had to wait a little while for your... Uh, for your victory. I
1: did. Yeah. Uh, Which is hard because I was at the gym at the time. And so,
0: like, I'm trying to keep quiet. But Oh, I'm just like, there's no chance. I've heard you watch games from other rooms in here. Well, oh, I, I just like,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Does anybody ever come up to like, Hey, can I change that channel? And you're like, no. I had it on my phone. Oh, okay. Okay. So they're just hearing you make these noises <laughs> yeah. randomly. Like, boy, this guy's getting in a good workout over there. Wow, Um, any close calls late or early like that? Because actually, I think that's when you. I'm trying to think. No, you get more excited for a goal, but you uh, missed opportunities. I've heard you get make some.
1: Yeah, I thought these rooms were more. Were way more soundproof uh, here. Soundproof here or at the gym? Here. Yeah, no, here no chance. (laughs) It was one time Angie said to me like. Oh yeah, I could hear you during the game. I'm like, but you can't hear what I'm saying. She's like, Yeah, you said how did you miss that uh, uh, goal? <laughs> I'm like, Oh, I guess you did hear me.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, that's the thing you're most you're most passionate about. Yes, which is funny because that's still relative in your fandom. This is what what are you about? 15 years now?
1: Yeah, 2007
0: of of city. Yeah. Okay, and that just came about like.
1: Met some English people in Vegas and had a good time. And you're like, hey, let's. Took me under their wing.
0: Nice. That's rare to get a team later in life. Do you think you could get another team now, this late, and be as excited? I mean, I guess Hmm. you did, but in some, not in soccer, obviously, I don't think, but.
1: I guess it'd be like some newer sport, some sport that I'm not into.
0: Yeah, but I don't. Yeah. I guess, I
1: guess so. Um, does Sacramento have, like, some rugby team or something? that
0: <laughs> But not NFL, NBA, or baseball. No. Yeah. Baseball I'm pretty much done with. But I wonder if, you know, maybe we'll have to pick a team this year to get to get Dave into baseball again uh, when baseball starts. Um, well, he likes the Giants. It's just he likes the Giants when they're good. Like a lot of people, which I get, it's more fun when your team is good. Um Speaking of that, I do you have? I used to have dreams about sports all the time when I was a kid, like playing and being, you know, because I was—that's all I was doing when I was growing up. Do you have those dreams anymore, or like, yeah, you do? Mm-hmm. What are? Is there a, um, you know, a lot of people still have those dreams, I guess, like they're at school and they're not prepared for a final yeah. or something like that. Do you have like a recurring baseball? I'm not baseball sports.
1: It's usually it's either baseball. Uh-huh. Sometimes soccer, occasionally wrestling. Oh, did and you it's do all, any of these? Uh, baseball. Yeah, <laughs> I guess soccer place? as a kid. Okay, yeah. But it's one of those things of like, no, like this is a big game match type of thing, and it's like you got to get in there. I'm like I have no idea yeah. what's
0: going on. <laughs> so you're in it, or
1: you're? I'm in it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's weird. I don't think money of mine. Maybe they start where I'm observing, but generally it it gets to where you're involved. You're playing. yeah, And And it's just like,
1: I I don't know what I'm doing, guys. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I literally had one last night, which I don't remember my dreams that often. Do you remember your dreams very often? Occasionally. Yeah, it's weird. I I think usually I've found for me when I remember dreams is if I wake up, like if I get woken up or something. And if I sleep through the night and get up, I don't know, maybe you've had 20. I have no idea, but I just, I, I don't even remember anything. But it's something that maybe wakes you up and then... Oh. That was weird. Yeah. Um, Have you ever had a dream where you wake up, you go back to sleep, and you kind of get back into the same kind of dream?
1: No, but I've had the one where you're dreaming, wake up in the dream, and then still think that you're... And thinking you're awake, but you're not.
0: Wait, explain that one.
1: So, like, you're... You're dreaming, yeah. and then in the dream, you wake up. Oh, like, oh that was weird. Dreaming. Yeah. I got you. And then other weird stuff happened. Like, oh, that's kind of weird. And then you wake up, like, ugh.
0: <laughs> yeah. So last night, I did have one last night that I do remember, and it was funny because it was very age-appropriate. Like, sometimes I'll wake up, like, kind of to your point where maybe I'm back in high school or playing or it's like the Super Bowl and I'm playing. I'm like, I-, I shouldn't be playing. But this time, it was almost like it was age-appropriate where – I feel like I was at it was weird because, you know, dreams kind of morph and change while you're in them. I felt like I was at a football training camp, but then all of a sudden it switched like there was two fields. And now I was on the other one and I was at the baseball training camp and clearly trying to play. And I could have sworn the manager was Tom Selleck. And he came over and he was like, hey, look, we've seen a lot of your video and we don't really think you should be here and i'm like yeah i don't think i should be either and but it was like you're you're one of the older guys and and then i think i started to rationalize with him i'm like yeah but you should even know like i think i'll be here and i'll probably surprise you you know the way this will work it'll probably be like a movie where i'll come through in the clutch like i yeah i should not be here but if you just give me a chance i will probably get the game winning hit is kind of what i said even though i'm sure it'll go through like a movie where i you know, blunder the ball, can't hit, uh, make all sorts of errors. They're like, yeah, but just keep him. There's something about this guy. And then that's in my So I was dreaming in a movie frame with Tom Selleck as, like, this manager. There was someone else with him that was telling me, yeah, like, he, he'd get him. I don't know why he's here. And, yeah, dreams are funny. I think the one I do have, if it's still a sports one periodically, it's a lot of times for whatever reason it is baseball. And it's like I hit the ball about as far as you ever could, but I just can't run to first base. Or it's like first base just keeps Just like getting, real life. Yeah, it's just getting farther away. It's like, I feel like I'm really digging. I'm like, man, they're going to throw me out at first. And that's the one that's like it's a it's a good dream and a nightmare all in one. I don't know about nightmare, but. So you have any of those still kind of things? or Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why that one recurs, but that's the one seeming that's like. So there's got to be, and I know there's. Like dream experts or analysis, like something about not being able to get there or not being able to make it to first base must associate with something.
1: The weird thing is still like when you have to do a test at school and mm-hmm. you're like,
0: oh, man, I didn't
1: prepare for this at all. Yeah. And it, like, thinking anxiety. back, it's just like, Wait, what, are you, what are you even thinking about? Right.
0: Or I've, I've woken up from like – uh what it doesn't have to be a nightmare, but a dream, maybe something like that. Or it's like, oh, my gosh, this huge test. I'm totally not prepared. You wake up, and for the first, I don't know, 30 seconds, you're kind of still in that mode like, oh, man. I'm really have to st- – st- wait. I'm not in school. But, like, you know, where you're that yeah. far out of it, you're like, I'm still a little bit stressed because of whatever you're dreaming uh, the about. The
1: stress dream I get a lot is, like, I wake up four hours late mm-hmm. to getting in, but I'm still in a rush to get to the station. Yeah. And – Everyone's just like, We've been waiting, and it's just like <laughs> yes. that's like, oh, you didn't start without me.
0: <laughs> yeah. I know, um, Dave, I when I first came to Morning, so I've been there's been two different cycles through for me on the morning show. And I remember Dave said at the beginning, he's like, Hey, just to let you know, don't worry, it's happened to literally everyone. You're gonna oversleep. It just happens. And I said, Yeah, you're probably right. And knock on wood, it hasn't happened to me yet, but I have had that and you know, the other part we always talk about, the morning shift, just the weird thing. Like last night it happened to me where I, I woke up and, I, you know, I re- my phone's in the dark. I reach and go, oh. it's like 1229.
1: <laughs> it's Isn't it the weird game that you play with? The, All the you, time. You look at your phone. It's just like, please don't be 3 a.m. And it's yes. like 1230. You're like, oh. <laughs> right.
0: And then the other time it's like, oh, I don't think it's, I think I got a long way to go. And you go, oh, I got kind of, two minutes before the alarm goes off. And you're just mad and you pop up. I don't know, but the rest of you are up. So I'm curious for, for those of you that are already on our chat, which there's a lot of you here already, and we appreciate that. What do you guys do? What, what's your story? Why are you up so so uh, so up, up so early? <laughs> nice. Nice work. J, J. Ross hasn't been to first base. Nope, hasn't made it. Never made it to first base. Um, Jay Ross, your dream is about a money opportunity? Huh. Good at business. Maybe. Maybe it was my encounter with Kelly Brothers. Hmm. Jay Ross tries and tries and tries, just can never get to first base. Maybe there is a metaphor there. I just don't know. Uh, today on the show we've got plenty to discuss. Um as we actually I say plenty to discuss. I actually reached out to Chris last night I go, Chris, I'm having I'm having a hardest time finding some content, but you helped me with some stuff. We've got stuff. We'll get it through for sure today. Uh, Kings did practice yesterday. Practice. Practice. Um, yes, they're back. They're together and ready for the push. We get some audio from their first workout together. We got to wait one more day. King's in action tomorrow. Uh, but coming up on the show today, uh, about an hour from now, a little less, UC Davis head basketball coach Jim Less, he will join us. Also, uh, at 9 today, we'll check in with a TV analyst, Katie Christensen. So it's a Katie Wednesday. See how she enjoyed her all-star break as we all get ready for that second push. But we're going to kind of go over lots of different things. We're going to hit football. We're going to hit baseball. We're certainly going to hit basketball. One of the things we're going to get into today as well is we're going to try to make a case for DeMontis Sabonis as an MVP. And some of those lists you look at right now where they list the MVPs, Sabonis is on them. Now, he's further down the list, but um, there's also a player that's on that list that says he's the best player in basketball right now, and I disagree with that. But we will discuss who that is and why they think that. That's all coming up. But we're just getting started here. When we come back, we've got leading off on this Wednesday edition of the Carmichael Dave Show with Chase Ross. Carmichael Dave is off today. Who knows, though? He might check in. We just never know. We're back after this. That was absolutely insane. Let's do it. Leading off the three top stories in the morning. Huge news. This is very important. Here's cut number one. All right, we're going to get to cut number one here in a moment. Want to uh, follow up on a couple things I was asking our YouTubers and those of you on the text line as well. Why are you up so early? What do you guys do? Let's see. We've got uh, Dwayne saying work starts at 6, so here I am. Uh, Zebra Zebra says, uh, let's see where. Ha, I'm old. It just happens. Matthew, I'm a semi-truck driver. I get up at 2 a.m. for work. All right. Man, good for you. Honorable work right there. I asked what your route. Let me know. Uh, where you're working today. All right, so let's get to cut number one here on Leading Off. Jay, this vote happened because the PAC-12 conference, which is down to Washington State and Oregon State, was finally ready to roll with it. Everyone was in agreement, had been waiting on this for a month. The PAC-12 needed to get its legal issues resolved. It has since named a new commissioner, replacing George Kliavkov, and they were ready to vote for it. Washington State President Kirk Schultz, who represents the league on the board, told me he realizes that the 5 plus 7 model better benefits those two teams because they can't can't win a conference title this year. So they need the more opportunities, seven at largest, in order to find a spot. All right. I'm hoping and hopeful. I, I'm like the expansion of the college football playoff. I think this is good for the game. Um, for those of you that don't know, I call football games and have for 25 seasons for Sacramento State. They're at the FCS. And at their level, they have a tournament. They have a pool. It's 24 teams. I think it's awesome. I think it's ideal. It makes sense. It's a little bit like a March Madness bracket. It It's easy to follow, and it's great. I didn't, I've never understood why the FBS has never had that. Now we're going to have a 12-team pool. I think that there's some charm to it, certainly. There's going to be controversy, which is always the case. I don't think there's anything wrong with that debate on Team 13, Team 14, or seeding and so on and so forth. But um, here we go. It looks like the college football committee and the group and the presidents of each conferences have, after the Pac-2 was kind of the last of the holdouts, have agreed to a new college football playoff format. And the model will have a 5 plus 7, as you heard described there. And so what you're going to look at is from the highest teams from the top five conferences, highest ranked teams will get in, and then seven basically at-large berths. And so... Uh, You know, it's in its early stage. We're going to see how this goes. And college football, I think, is already in a pretty healthy place. But it's also in an interesting place with the NILs and the transfer portal and conference realignment. I mean, this is moving very, very fast. And yesterday's college football is not today's college football already. And some for the good, maybe some for the bad. I think that's the way all things work with. I think always, I should say, generally things are done with good intentions but you don't always get there with good results. Uh, Bad things can happen or mistakes and miscues along the way, and you're like, well, we need to redirect, change things, and point this in a different direction. But uh, we will see how this goes. College football really continues to grow and grow and grow. I think there's just such a great vibe to it. Um, I think the sooner that the – I don't even know the right way to put it, the stigma around college football as far as – those that still believe this in a way where it's, hey, it's student-athletes, by definition, yes, but the game's changed, right? That, that, it's a business. It, it's a business. And so I feel all along that college football should be treated differently than other college sports. I don't think college athletes, I think what they're doing needs to be recognized as um, not superhuman but pretty heroic to be for those that are truly college athletes that are going to school, carrying full workloads, maybe even um, you know life events as well as well as long as competing at a high level for that long, it's it's impressive. But college football is just a different entity, and you know Sac State even to that level, we're on charter planes. It's you know it's not the the greatest plane you've ever been on, but it's nice. You get to go to and from locations. We're back home the same night of the game. It's a business. It's a business. Whereas. You know, track and field or rowing or wrestling or baseball, whatever sport you pick at these schools, it's just different. They don't have it the same way. And so I feel like college football should be treated differently. And for the, in some extent, uh, some, you know, capacities it is, but not entirely. So we're going to go over this a little bit more, the good and bad of this, certainly, and where college football is going uh, throughout the show here. But let's get to cut number two.
1: Cut number two. Nobody's going to react to Doc's audio. Do you want me to get a video oh, for he you? He's doing it. We repeat it. We don't, don't, it. Can, we don't have it. to repeat it. I can repeat I, I've it. I've seen the trend now. I've seen the trend for years. What's the trend? The trend is always making excuses. Get Doc, we get it. Taking over a team in the middle of the season is hard. It's hard. We get it. Just like getting traded in the middle of the season is hard for a player. We get it. Mm-hmm. But it's always an excuse. It's always throwing your team under the bus. They lose to Memphis. Oh, it's his players. Memphis was playing G League guys and two-way guys. And then you look at his quotes over the weekend. Now he wants to take credit for the James Harden trade to the Clippers working out. He wants credit for that. There's just no, there's never accountability with that guy. Well, there's me, never
0: accountability. Well, let me. Wow. For some reason yesterday, there, there seemed to be a lot of things revolving around doc rivers. That was JJ Reddick talking about his former coach doc rivers over the all-star break talked about, you know, wasn't didn't think it was quite the right time to take over the bucks. Thought it would be later. He got he, Basically, it said the owners said, no, you're you're it. We're making this decision and has not gotten off to the greatest of starts. Talks about how difficult it is. And I'm sure there's some truth to that. And then, boom, all of a sudden, here comes uh, J.J. Redick. Then people are now jumping on to defend Doc, like his current uh, player, Patrick Beverly, who was a teammate with J.J. Redick. Austin Rivers jumped in there. There's just all of a sudden become a lot of Doc Rivers' uh, slander or praise, I guess, in some cases, defending him. Um in the end, Doc Rivers has been a good coach. I think he was a good broadcaster. But he uh, he's going to be the one that has to deal with this. He's got a very good basketball team, like he did in Philadelphia, like he did with the Clippers, that people felt uh, came up short. And it's not always the coach. It's not always the players. It's generally, in my opinion, it's all of them. You're a team. You did it together. You came up short together. So, Doc Rivers, you are the coach of that there is some accountability you need to take as well as the players. Just like if the Kings this year have success, and as much as they do, it's coaching staff, it's players, it's everybody. And when they come up short, it's coaching staff, it's players, it's everybody. Uh, Interesting, though, that this kind of came around and um, for whatever reason picked up some steam yesterday. We've got a little bit more on that Doc Rivers slander as we continue, but let's get to our final cut, cut number three. Cut number three.
1: I think it's the halfway point. It's not the halfway point, but uh, it's, it's basically you're getting down to, heading down the stretch. And so to be able to kind of step back and reevaluate as a staff first uh, and then talk to with your team and give your team a chance to get away from hearing your voice every day, you
0: know, kind of, I think it uh, rejuvenates most people. How about Fox in particular, given some of the stuff he was dealing with and just the demands on him at both ends of the floor? Like, how, how good can this be for him to, to have a little break before the last 20th? I, you, you
1: know, I I think Fox, but everybody, you know, Domus has logged a lot of minutes for us, uh, you know, Keegan for a young guy. So I, I, I do. I, I think it's I think it's good to be able to sit back and kind of take a take a breath and relax your body a little bit and your mind and and get back out there and leave it out all on the floor for the stretch run all
0: right that is mike brown first of several pieces of audio we'll have from yesterday's practice workout yeah this is this is what the intent of the all-star break is for the majority of the league yeah there are individuals that went to all-star weekend some playing some just to go to be a part of it have friends or it's it's a cool scene if you've ever been to all-star weekend in any way shape or form um, it's been a long time for me, but when I went um, back when Peja and Weber and Brad Miller and uh, Vlade and, um, you know, the Monarchs were around and doing different things, I had an opportunity to go to a couple All-Star games. It's it's fun. It really is a good weekend, uh, just the whole thing, just from practices to people watching to the events. It's more fun to be there, honestly, than, you know, some of the stuff we went over yesterday where everybody uh, has been ripping All-Star festivities, but it's it's a fun one to attend. And so if you don't do that, hopefully you did truly get away from the game. You got a break. That's what, you know, the purpose of this is. And, you know, if you hear anybody that's training for a, a an endurance event or something maybe they've never done and they're training for a marathon, uh, your training is just as important as the rest days. The rest days are important too. You need time for your body to recover. And in this case, maybe it's your body, your mind, the grind of it. You know, the, they've heard – uh, the trade deadline was kind of another benchmark. The, the stress of that for some of these guys, are they going to be dealt? Is Harrison Barnes going to be moved? Kevin Herter, um, Davion Mitchell, guys that were commonly mentioned in the trade rumors. Well, boom, they crossed that hurdle. They now know they're kings, at least for the rest of the year. So that's a little bit of a peace of mind. Now it's, hey, you're also in a playoff race. Uh, you're trying to increase your standings, but let's get off our feet if you can. If not, you could still get some workouts and some light stuff, but you're not in the Regular demands for a few days since playing, what, last Wednesday in Denver. They were off Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, Sunday, Monday, basically. And then back at it Tuesday. And so, practice again or a get-together today, I'm sure. And tomorrow it's on. Kind of back into the routine. They play Thursday this week and then Sunday, Monday. Back-to-back, Clippers and Heat. So, they've got to get ready for that grind, for that push. I mentioned it yesterday. The Kings had tied for the most wins in the Western Conference post-All-Star break last year. If they do something like that again, they are going to move up the standings. The the West is crowded. There are some spots they can gain, and I know that's ultimately what they want to do. And so it all starts tomorrow with the Kings and the Spurs. We certainly will preview that. We've got more audio from practice, all that and more. Um, And we're going to, like I said earlier, hit a lot of different elements Of things Was thinking about, you know, the 49ers season coming to an end and how different it could have been if they still had Jimmy Garoppolo. How about the rise and fall of Jimmy G and where he is now? What is his future as he continues to, uh, you know, he got that punishment serving a two-game suspension for PEDs. That'll start the beginning of next year, next season. But he's one of those guys that doesn't seem to have a football future. There's several of them out there. Well, we'll talk about the rise and fall of Jimmy G as uh, we return here on Sacktown Sports. The Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross. Call or text at 916-339-1140 on Sacktown Sports.
1: Jeff Wilson Jr. is in. He scored his first touchdown in the NFL earlier. Goes into a
0: true eye behind check They're going to play action. check goes to the flat. The ball goes to the end zone for Debo Samuel in the second level. Touchdown San Francisco. I got to tell you, it sounds better every time you say it.
1: Mostert now is the lone back, second down, four 49ers in the Bengals, 39, a straight drop. Here's a blitz by B.W. They get it out to Mostert,
0: first on 49ers, 30, breaks a tackle, he's gone! Touchdown, San Francisco! Play action, they boot Garoppolo. Dunlap is there, a throwback left, wide open, Marquise Goodwin's got it! Touchdown! Let's go all right we got a bank of highlights and I was pulling up uh Jimmy G highlights and all of them labeled Jimmy G and until the third one uh Greg Papa mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo yes Jimmy Garoppolo that Jimmy Garoppolo um a lot of talk going on right now in the off season of the NFL which like a lot of seasons now all blend together where are some of these quarterbacks gonna go some of the free agents some of the uh, future for uh you know these players and currently of the Las Vegas Raiders Jimmy Garoppolo is technically their quarterback but uh this he gets a two game ban for a violation and Jimmy G's career is really an interesting one because there's talk about Jimmy G and some interest maybe with the Pittsburgh Steelers um I, I there's there's a lot of thought revolving in that i had around Jimmy Garoppolo and where he is now and where he's going kind of the rise and fall Of Jimmy G if you think about I don't know if he was at his peak in the late years with New England because when you're a backup to Tom Brady you're really not going to get an opportunity but he did get a little bit of opportunity and played a few games started a few and won both of his games famously there in New England and then the Niners made the splashy move to go get him and if you remember that his first five games as a 49er starter they won every game so now he's started his career seven and oh uh, the next season with the 49ers, uh, got hurt but played a few games and was 1-2, and two. so he's now started his career, what's that, 8-2. and two. The following season was 2019. The highlights we played from there were the 49ers made it to the Super Bowl, and they were 13-3 and three with Jimmy Garoppolo. So right there through his first, what is that, 14, 16, 21, and 5 in his first 26 games. And what you heard from everybody with the San Francisco 49ers was about leadership. I mean, we talked to Greg Papa, Eric Armstead, several people along that time, and they all raved about just what he meant to this team. And what got me thinking about this is kind of where he is now. He then goes to the Raiders in a spot where, let's even remember where he was kind of The label of Jimmy G was as good of a winner as you get. I mean, that's what he is, is a winner. You're not going to look at his stats. I mean, if I'm looking up his numbers, I see no 4,000-yard passing seasons, um, no touchdowns at 30 ever in any of his years. And not that you have to hit those numbers, but when you start looking at the better quarterbacks in this league, you're looking at guys that get to 4,000, 5,000 yards, 30, 35, 40 touchdowns. Oh, then maybe if not, then they run the ball really well. That's not you know, a superpower of Jimmy Garoppolo, he can run, but he's not a running quarterback by any means. So what's, what's his secret? Well, he was on a good team that he helped complement, made them better um, at times and was a great leader and ran the system well enough. So he moves on ultimately after a weird kind of departing, right? It was like, they're clearly taking Trey Lance. And this is a sign that Jimmy G's done. Well, the 49ers, Kind of out of circumstance because they couldn't trade him with the injury, uh, keep him for an extra year, um, or even two, really, if you think about it. And it was going to be Trey Lance's team, but then they let let's let's Jimmy G kind of welcome him in. Then the next year was clearly going to be Trey Lance's team. He got hurt. Jimmy's back in the mix. He gets hurt. Then it becomes Brock Purdy's team, and Brock has not looked back. So then he you know goes to the Raiders this year, three and three in six games as a starter. Uh, gets hurt, it doesn't get the job back at the end, and where is he now? Well, he has the the two game ban. You're hearing reports coming out of Raiders camp that some of the things that were similar to the Niners, maybe a little aloof or indifferent at times, it just the intensity, maybe uh, detail oriented, which is very much the case of Kyle Shanahan was missing from some of his practice reps, his detail reps, those kind of things. But all of that to be said, kind of the rise and fall of Jimmy G makes you wonder, will he be a starter in this league again? And he's going to be, I think, 33, 32, 33. So he's not too old. He's not past his prime. But it begs the question, what is his prime? What is he without a great roster around him? So if you kind of ask that question, and then you put that right back on top of Brock Purdy, which for those that are negative Brock Purdy fans, I'm not, I think Brock Purdy's a really good quarterback, but it does, you you allow yourself to go down that road and think, if you strip this clean, the 49ers, and they have an injury-filled year like Jimmy G had to go through one year, um, if they have kind of a, a time where um, Brock Purdy ends up getting paid and some of the talent deficit isn't, or the talent decreases, will Brock Purdy still be able to take them to places that he did this time and last year with a supreme roster. So, you know, when you're trying to build teams, I think the Niners are still in this really good position where they have a quarterback that is good, that can lead this team to the Super Bowl. At a incredibly affordable price, you can still do the things to get that elite defensive line, have good skill players, have the ability to trade for a guy like Christian McCaffrey, and let a rip with the good coaching staff, good at least offensive play caller in Kyle Shanahan and good scheme that, you know, for those of you that are critical of him, I get it. That's fine. You can be. That's that's fair. But those in the know, those that follow the game, more people try to duplicate and copy what the 49ers run because of the respect they have for for that system. It's not always easy to run, but Kyle Shanahan's offense is very good. It's run very well and Brock Purdy under- understands it. So it just it just made me think a little bit about that with Jimmy Garoppolo's rise and fall here is are there any parallels at all with Brock Purdy And I can see them being made. I just don't know if they're justified. I think Brock Purdy, to the best of my knowledge and what we've seen, what he's been given, has handled those situations. And to me, it's also looked different than Jimmy G. There were times I felt like Jimmy G could lead that offense. Clearly, he showed that. But I wondered whether he could make the plays, the difference-making plays. And I think Brock Purdy's been involved in more of those. I think that's been what's different. Brock Purdy, if you go back to the NFC playoff run, Literally in the Lions game made some heroic plays with his legs late. That that was humongous. He also led them back from a significant double-digit comeback. Did the same with the Green Bay Packers. Now there's other guys around, and if you're one of those that don't want to give him all the credit, that's fine. But he's a part of it. He is definitely a part of it. And that was one of my things I remember when we would talk on this very show about Jimmy G. I liked him. I think he fit the role. But could he make your team better? If they were down, I didn't feel great that Jimmy G would lead them back. Now, I've always said this about the Niners. If they were playing in their DNA and had the game in the lead and were running the ball well and he's making the the, the right throws to the right people and not turning the ball over, they were going to be just fine. But I don't know that Jimmy G would have been able to lead some of those comebacks. And so now you just think about where he was as kind of the – You know, It's nice to be the backup quarterback, maybe not behind Tom Brady in the sense of you're getting paid and you're probably never going to play. If you're the backup quarterback behind someone that's not quite getting it done, there's a charm like, hey, put that guy in, put that guy in. Well, Jimmy G got a few reps, and then he got the job with the 49ers, was kind of the guy that helped start to turn it back around for the 49ers after they were in a little bit of a drought. And then here they go. Um, with a couple successful years from him, knowing they needed to upgrade and had a window to do it is why they went for Trey Lance. And then now, ultimately, they kind of out of good fortune, good scouting too, you could say it however you want, decided to take Brock Purdy as the last pick, and it's turned out that Brock Purdy's processing, IQ, understanding of the offense, ability to make the throws, has turned this team into a better football team. But I think the rise and fall of Jimmy G has clearly been an interesting thing to follow. All right, and another interesting thing to follow is where we are in this world and kind of this society with gambling and sports. At one time, it was completely frowned upon. It's becoming less and less. You're seeing it advertised during games, announcers talking about it. But you, as the consumer out there, we continue to set record numbers on sports betting, and it's only going to go up. We'll discuss what's going on there and where it can ultimately go when we come back on Sacktown Sports. Waking you up with the best in local sports. They just make it interesting, you know? It's the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross on Sacktown Sports. Money, 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 money. Follow the money. We always say that on this show. Tomorrow we'll be talking money. sports. Oh, man, I'm out of cash. Are you? Did you lose it betting? Uh, Oh, man, I'm out of cash. You know what it sounds like, though? When you're talking... Cash grab! Yeah, there we are. Uh, Tomorrow we'll be talking sports business. Good at business. (laughs) I'm just, like, leading Chris right along the way. Uh, Tomorrow with Kelly Brothers... Um, One of the things we may end up bringing up depends where Kelly wants to go with it, but uh, sports betting, the industry posts records again in 2023 Um, and it begs the question, did we miss out here? Certainly. I know. Was it Chris, what year was it that we had a chance to vote for gambling, legalizing sports? 2022. So it's 22. Okay. And it didn't really even come close to passing, did it? No, I was surprised. I was too. And I know there was a lot of money spent Against it.
1: Also, I think they people were confused because there's two different types yeah. of gambling.
0: And you know, I'm not trying to make this by any way political, but I guess some sometimes this gets political. Uh different states, and I think that's why we have even more growth. Uh, Chris, last year as the American sports betting industry continued to expand, it reached a high water mark, posting a record ten point nine two billion in revenue in twenty twenty three. Uh, The huge year for the industry represented a 44.5-year-over-year increase from 2022. Uh, Part of that was a few more states did allow sports gambling. So now you're increasing the number. More and more people are doing it. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things. If you legalize it, it can open up some negative doors, possibly. But when you don't, it's happening anyway. Yeah, And so, to me, if you're California and you're a huge state, an opportunity to make a ton of money as a state now we can all argue are we using it for the right reasons i mean look we've got the lottery there's that's always been intended to send back to schools i don't know i'd like to do some research on all that are we doing all of that right i don't know probably not there's probably arguments for that but it feels like this is happening why wouldn't we just want to be involved in it anyway yeah
1: and especially when such a huge amount of percentage of people are already doing it like prohibition has shown that it doesn't work, especially when there's such a huge percentage of people doing something. Right, that it's better for I think the state to regulate it. Right, than to just full out say like, no, this is illegal.
0: Yeah, I mean, you still have to have your cautions. And I'm mean, look, I I totally understand the the paths that can go wrong. I mean, that's like anything. If you alcohol is legal, we know the dangers of that. I hope we do. Um, in this state marijuana is legal in other states it, it is and it's not everywhere you understand i hope people understand the uh potential harm in some of that stuff but there's also like anything i think all of this stuff generally is done for what can be good
1: and one of the weird things too is like when you talk about cannabis use that has been like proven to slow down the use of prescription pain medication yeah. which is a huge problem
0: and i wouldn't have thought of that as a byproduct but it's kind of been a nice nice byproduct of it
1: yeah and cuz i mean once again that's like something that's like really hurting people correct and when you see in the states that it once again it's a complete prohibition yeah that's usually where you're having the higher trouble issue.
0: yeah so the the thing about sports betting that i found interesting that's completely changed uh, uh to be you know as candid as possible as someone that works in the NBA like I literally I cannot gamble on the NBA I can't like that's one of the things but now we like we do um you know probably a lot of you at your work have to do those video things whether it's sexual harassment and different uh videos and trainings and we have to do that every year and I get it I understand it but now it's, it's more open, like allowed to participate in fantasy football drafts and fantasy football and other sports betting, just not the NBA, which I understand the reasoning behind that. Kind of the thought of, hey, if you get some intel that Fox, Sabonis, uh, and Keegan, secretly you know before anyone else that they're going to be out. And. The line hasn't changed. Well, of course, I'd have some knowledge on that. Or even
1: we just found out Fox talked about how he's been having some shoulder issues. Correct. What if he knew that a few weeks ago?
0: Right, and it could impact you know from daily fantasy to real gambling, so forth and so on and so forth. But what's interesting is all the leagues now are way more um, aware of it. But I also know they're trying to get a piece of the pie of of the money part of it. So whether it's FanDuel or prize pick you know just all these different things are now out there um and more and more announcers are just openly talking about like that used to be kind of wow i remember al michaels was the one that probably suggested it more like hey that number's going to help somebody and was very secretive about it now uh, you hear everybody talk about it and i think it's much more commonplace it's on the scroll everywhere people know what the point spreads are and it's not really frowned upon
1: anymore. We see that in for the Kings, like their pregame. They give you the spread, and yeah. they give you their picks. Right. In California, where sports betting is legal.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. So, you know, it just makes you wonder where, and, and I've talked about this for years, and I don't know that it'll ever get there. I always thought there would be a time, Chris, where it almost turned into like the track, where if you could make... Tickets almost more affordable to get in so that uh, everybody could go, but really it's like a casino the casinos are free, they just want you in there, yeah. So, I don't think the games will be free because that is a you know, you got a finite number of seats. Um, it is a demand, but if you can make the tickets more affordable and then basically have it where you're betting on anything and, and they have the availability to do so. Now, what's different is I used this was kind of more before our phones truly advanced. This was maybe 15, 20 years ago I was thinking this. Like, you're going to have it where you're going to be able to go to a game on the cheap, but go up to a window, almost like the concessions, and say, all right, I want the under on the first quarter, um, double-digit rebounds on Sabonis, and the Kings to win. Here's my parlay. Well, now— Which is how it is in the U.K. Is it? Yeah. At soccer? Uh Uh-huh. So are the tickets any cheaper though or no? No, tickets because aren't the cheaper. Is still there.
1: Yeah, but like you go like the first time I went there, we were just around the concourse. It was about like an hour and a half before the game, and these guys are going crazy about this tennis match, and it's just like oh they're there betting on the game. <laughs> that's why they're going crazy yeah, the only for it. The interest is because they bet on. Yeah.
0: It. Um. So that's been in place though for a while. Oh yeah. Okay. So now and I guess- then they
1: even have like it's like uh it's kind of like off track betting mm-hmm. like you just go into like just a building and it's just it's a gambling okay it's a sports bet place yeah. where you go and make your sports bets
0: so what i where i was wondering i guess about that is why i thought that idea now is more dated is like now do they just do it on your phone
1: they still have them there okay but i mean i think it's just because they already have the infrastructure yeah, for
0: it yeah if it's there if people work i mean some people would probably like that i don't know if it's a trust thing too it's like you know um for anybody that's gone to casino it's like i would rather i would prefer to play blackjack with a dealer that i see the cards there's a video one i don't like that i don't know why i don't trust that as much it's like i can see you dealing the cards i don't anticipate any and
1: also at the game you go you place your bet you give them their money and then you you win you go and you collect your money like it's no you don't have to go through your bank account you don't True. have to be like the two to three business days for you yeah. to get your money back
0: i guess you're right that's no different than if you know at the casino now that like sports book i mean you go up there's a a sports book there's a window there or not a window but like a, a desk that you go up to and say oh futures bets i'm gonna put all this on the uh giants to win the world series okay you know and you could take that bet and you have to wait your months and have you ever done one of those like you a long-term bet
1: i did it um the 20 i bet on the cubs to win the world series in 2015
0: was that because of uh
1: back to the future okay
0: and was that a year off year off Oh.
1: i should have went with uh parks and rex who predicted the cubs are going to win the world series in 2016
0: they did yes. what year did they do that
1: uh what year did they predict it i think it not like been that far off 2010 2011 okay.
0: cuz i say back to the future was what 86 87 88 oh, back there? to
1: the future 2 i think was 89
0: okay Oh, was in the second one? Yeah. Okay, that's right. That's right.
1: Wish I could go back and put some money on the Cubbies.
0: <laughs> um, the only one I ever thought about that, now that you're saying this makes me think of it, it was the year, it was 2010. I think the first time the Giants won the World Series, I uh, remember I was at um, the NBA Summer League and was sitting at a place to eat, but also they had all the uh, the best odds to win the World Series. And I was looking up there, and the Giants had the best record of the teams with the, I'm not wording this right. Their payout was the best for a team with the best record, if that makes sense. Like they were like about 10th on the list. And I think they were in the wild wildcard range, which is what they did. They went through the wildcard. But I'm like, wow, they're not that far out of first. And they're pretty low on the list. That actually would be a fun one just to throw a few bucks down. And I thought about it at that lunch, looked at it, and eh, never did it. And I was like, ah, that would have been a good one. I don't know. I probably would have bet 10 bucks, but which wouldn't have been much. But anyway, the whole point of this is gambling ha- is growing, continues to grow. A lot of you out there probably do it in some way, shape, or form. We just talked about this yesterday. There's March Madness coming up. I believe a lot of you will get into a pool without knowing anything, anything about it. Most of you probably play fantasy football. You know some stuff. Maybe some of you know a lot of stuff. Does that matter? Have you? If you feel like you're an expert in your sport, do you win your fantasy league every year? Probably not.
1: How often do you get the... A uh grade on your draft and then not even oh. make the playoffs.
0: <laughs> that happens more times than I I actually call that the kiss of death. You had the best draft, A I'm like, I lost. I lost. They don't I, I this isn't gonna work. Um and I've done this a lot, and you've probably run into this too, Chris. So like you work at a sports station or if you're in some sort of pool where you're trying to get oh, it's no fair. He he's it doesn't matter. I I I'm gonna be in another baseball league this year. I'll finish eighth. Finish eighth out of twelfth. I'll try, but people gamble. People will continue to gamble, and there's money to be made, and it was a big, big year in sports gambling. All right, college basketball has March Madness coming up. What's going on with UC Davis? Can they make the tournament? They're trying to make a run here. We're going to visit with UC Davis basketball coach Jim Less to start the 7 o'clock hour here on Sackdown Sports at Sackdownsports.com.